Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And, and with me today, I get to welcome my new friend, Esther. Esther, welcome to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to great to be have you here as a guest. Can you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your life, marriage, ministry, and what uh, pro- writing projects or ministry projects that you're working on? Sure, yeah. So um, I live in Baltimore, Maryland, or near Baltimore, Maryland, with my husband, Ian and our two dogs. We have two very um, big dogs um, that I like to spend a lot of time with. Um, so in my free time, they're kind of my fun thing that I do spending time with them. In terms of ministry right now, I'm focusing a lot of my time on counseling. So I work at Life Counseling Center Ministries and I am a counselor there. So that's, you know, that's really where a lot of my ministry work is going to right now, just doing a lot of um, individual counseling um, for people who come to our counseling center and I also you know just do some some writing online right now I am getting started on another project on the topic of self-care um, so that's kind of something that I am writing about right now but mainly um, counseling is just my area of ministry at the moment nice what what types of counseling do you typically engage in so I I would say kind of my area that I enjoy working in the most is with um, individual adults. So I see both men and women. Um, So I am a biblical counselor, but I'm also licensed. So um, I have some clinical experience as well. So I often end up seeing people who are dealing with more psychiatric type issues. So a lot of anxiety and depression and mood disorders. Um, And I also do see people who are struggling with chronic pain and illness. Um, But just individual adults in general is where I tend to spend most of my time counseling. Uh, that's really great to, to hear about that. That's that's really needed. Can you please tell us a little bit about your book, Chronic Illness, Walking by Faith, why you wrote it, and how you hope it'll be received? Yeah, definitely. So um, Chronic Illness, Walking by Faith is a 31-day devotional about chronic illness, and it's a part of a series of books, um, 31-day devotionals for life that has been put out by PNR Publishing. And it, it really is just 31 entries on Um, just a variety of different topics about what it looks like to live a faithful life when you experience chronic illness. And I would say I wrote this book out of my own experience with chronic illness. I have several um, chronic illnesses myself. And um, over the years, I've just done a lot of processing about um, just how to live um, faithfully with um, just kind of some of the difficult symptoms that come up um, with chronic illness. Um, And so I guess I, I wrote it out of my own experience for other people with chronic illness just as a way to um, encourage them, to help them feel less alone, to help them feel understood, and to show them um, what scripture, what you know, what I've learned in scripture about chronic illness and how that can change our you know perspective when, when life gets difficult. Um, and I guess in terms of how I hope it will be received, 
Um, I just think going back to, I want it to be encouraging to people. I, I wrote it specifically for chronic people with, who live with chronic illness, but I also hope that, you know, family members and friends and counselors and, you know, just anybody in general who knows somebody who has a chronic illness be able to read it just as a way to, you know, understand this struggle better and walk alongside people better. So I, I just hope it will um, just be kind of helpful on both sides, whether it's something you experience or not. Yeah, I, I definitely, I liked, I liked it a lot. You, you strike a very good tone in, in the book, both, both biblical and, and personal, sharing your own, you know, experience, what you've gone through as well with chronic illness. Can, can you uh, share a little bit with us how you personally learned to deal with frustrating news related to chronic illness? Sure. Um, yeah, so I think that's a good question because this comes up a lot. You know, when you when you live with chronic illness, it's kind of, for most people, it's always there, but it's often changing. It's often just kind of going back and forth in terms of how difficult it is to live with. You know, a lot of times you will have um, new symptoms come out of nowhere or you might receive a new diagnosis. So there is just this constant stream of, it, it can feel like at times, this constant stream of frustrating news, like you said. And so I would say the way I have learned to deal with that is to um, just really slow down when that news comes, to give myself a lot of space and a lot of time um, to process the news, um, to not pressure myself to have things all together when that news comes, um, but just to just to kind of slow down and to really take time to grieve, I would say. You know, a lot of times frustrating news comes in the form of losses, like this, this bad news that represents a loss in your life. And, you know, each time that happens, I think we need space and permission to be able to, um, you know, grieve over again. You know, there's there's a lot of grief in life with chronic illness, and it, it kind of comes in waves when this frustrating news comes. And I think we really need permission to to grieve and to, um, most importantly, bring that grief to God. Um, so in that's part of the slowing down process, I think, is to not get as caught up in the worries and the fears inside of our head um, as much as is very easy to do but to kind of take those worries, take those fears, take that sadness um, and to bring it before God and to, you know, spend a lot of time slowing down to pray and just reminding ourselves that that God is at work, that he is working through this frustrating news and just to bring bring it to him, to allow him to be a part of that process and that slowing down as well. Yeah, that, that's that's a really good and important thing, you know, just, just realizing we have what you said so well is we have limitations and we have to acknowledge those limitations otherwise you know we're going to become overwhelmed and and frustrated and and just kind of managing that in a, in a better way is, is so critical um i know i don't have a chronic illness but um i shared with you off air my my wife's parents uh or my wife's mom my yeah my wife's mom she died of can stage four cancer it happened really really suddenly about 15 years ago um and then you know my dad has frontal temporal dementia and he's had it now for seven years years and it's 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 progressing you know and it's it's a sad thing you know my dad was a physical therapist for 40 something years and it's you know he was very highly highly regarded in his field he trained other people in in the field and those types of things and, and seeing that you know seeing a highly educated highly respected man and my dad you know continuing to decline
decline in that way. It just it just reminds me, hey, I mean, in, in my best moments, of course, you know, it reminds me, hey, you know, we live in a fallen world and, and it's full of sin. Um, and this is, dementia is part of that, uh, part of the, the, the fall. And, you know, but there's coming a day when, you know, Jesus is going to return and that's going to be no more. And just filling my mind with hope and, and the reality of, of the, those truths is just so encouraging. And then having my wife, you know, also remind me, she'll ask me questions and, and sometimes I don't get them right. It's not because I don't know the answers because guess what? <laughs> She's looking for a specific answer and, and just friends praying for me, encouraging me. That just helps so much uh, with frustrating news. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I think that's a really good point about like not dealing with frustrating news on your own, you know, like not keeping it to yourself, feeling like you have to deal with it alone, but, you know, bringing other people into that process of, you know, figuring out how to respond to it and, you know, getting encouragement from them. I think that's so important that you brought that up. Yeah. I mean, we, we see this in the, in the new, in the Bible, you know, the one another passages, they, they tell us this, you know, we don't have to have it all figured out and all, you know, we don't have to play games with one another and, and pretend that we're not okay. It's, it's okay to, as a Christian, to not be okay, you know, mm-hmm. and and to say, hey, I need help. In fact, that's a mark, I I, I believe, of spiritual maturity, um, you know, recognizing that you have a need of grace and you have a need for other people. That's not a sign of weakness. That's, that's a sign of strength. We don't, I think in the church today, we don't talk enough about that. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. What, what lessons have you learned about weakness and the sufficiency of Christ? Yeah, this is something that I have thought a lot about at different points and probably, you know, my favorite passage in scripture, like as I'm thinking through chronic illness has always been the second Corinthians passage about Paul's thorn in the flesh. Um, and just like thinking of that as this example of someone who, you know, dealt with long-term suffering and he dealt with long-term suffering and he asked God to take it away and, and God said no. And then kind of it weeding into his weakness, not being something that we should be scared of, but it being something that helps us receive God's grace. Um, and that passage has just been, you know, really important to me. You know, I think from that passage, it just helped. It reminds me, it often reminds me that we Weakness does not equal a lack of faith. I think that's something that people with chronic illness will struggle with at times, feeling like, you know, I prayed, I prayed that God would heal me and didn't, you know, what does, does that mean something's wrong with me? Does that mean I don't have enough faith? Um, and to be able to look at that passage and just see that, wow, like Paul, he was this like great man of God. You know, nobody can accuse Paul of not having faith. And, you know, God didn't answer his prayer for really from suffering and instead he you know, he talked about, you know, how Paul's weakness was something that could lead him to to Christ. Um, and that Paul's weakness was something that was, you know, protecting him from pride and leading him to God. And I think that those are really important lessons that all of us, you know, just people in general need to, to experience and learn. And, you know, chronic illness is just something that kind of puts that lesson right in our faces that, you know, we, we are weak, we are physically weak. Um, and that can be very difficult and very discouraging. Um, but it is also this opportunity to experience how God's 
strength and God's grace comes out in our lives of weakness and how he actually sometimes uses us more in these states of weakness than, you know, he could if we were trying to be self-sufficient, you know, because it kind of creates this space and this opening for us to see how much we need God and for us to, you know, draw on God in those moments when we need him. When, you know, if we, if, if I weren't ill, I might not think to do that. You know, I might not think to call out to God as often because I would feel like I have it all together. But, you know, in those times of weakness, I realize how much I need God. And it does create kind of this space for him to work through me, I think, and work through other people experiencing weakness um, in ways that might not otherwise happen. Um, so, so yeah, that, that I would say that passage is kind of what has framed some of those lessons that I've learned on that. Yeah, that, that's really good. And, and, I, and I like how you, you just talked about, you know, how it draws you closer. And I think the heart of that is we just recognize, hey, uh, in our weakness, we have to pray. I mean, prayer by prayer by definition is we have to acknowledge our need for God and mm-hmm. we have to rely on his strength and his power because we're praying you know to an all-powerful God and you know obviously we're not all powerful we're, we're not all knowing we you know we <laughs> you know we have the Bible and and God's revealed that to uh, his uh, his word in his word he's revealed himself to to mankind the 66 books of the of the word and so yeah that's just so what you said is just so so good because you know we aren't sufficient you know I, i'm just reminded even in even in the last month my dad had a urinary tract infection and you know with when you have dementia that is uh, i've learned a lot about it it's uh in the last month it's it's a serious thing because it progresses the dementia and um or can you know in a lot of cases and it causes other things and you know in the midst of this i've, I've just had to take those we talked about the frustration the hurt the you know the weakness and i've just had to spend just even more time just in prayer uh you know, acknowledging, you know, I'm hurt and I'm struggling and yeah, reaching out to other people. But, but even before I do that, I, I need to pray. I need to spend more time in prayer. So, so even though I already do that, my, my time of prayer has even been, uh, uh, more, even better quality time, just, just more time in prayer. You know, uh, it, I think it was Luther. He said, I have so much to do in the first part of my day. He had to spend like, I think it was three or four hours in prayer at the start of his day. And, and I'm not saying, Oh, look, you have to spend three or four hours in, uh, of time in prayer. I'm just saying, you know what? In the midst of that is whatever that de- challenging situation is. If you spend more time in prayer, you're gonna have a be, be able to have a better, uh, you know, praying the word and those things. You're gonna be able to to face it so much better and healthier, you know, with the help of His grace and with other people too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's that suffering and that weakness that reminds us that we need God, so we are reminded that we need to pray. You know, whereas in other seasons, like you know, it's kind of like you said like yes like we might have a regular prayer life anyways but then as soon as this weakness comes out we're reminded like oh my goodness like I need God so much and it just kind of drives us towards him I think yeah absolutely what lessons have you learned about waiting on the Lord I think think one of the things that I have learned is that the waiting is always going to be longer than we want it to you know this I think was something that just Christians in, in general we tend to talk a lot about waiting on the Lord I think that we're all tempted to hope that you know the waiting is going to be like waiting till tomorrow or waiting till tech till next week um and i think that over the years i'm just seeing just how god sees time differently mm. and how 
how the things that I want to happen or pray to happen, that even when God does answer those prayers, it's often just years and years later when I'm not even, you know, thinking about or not even remembering that I had prayed it before or been waiting on God for something, you know, and I'll just give a specific example of how this kind of came up recently. So before I wrote this devotional, I wrote just this really short self-published booklet that I called, But God, Wouldn't I Be More Useful to You If I Were Healthy? It was just this this short little booklet where I just talked about this struggle I had, you know, when, when I first developed, you know, symptoms that really prevented me from living my life. It prevented me from working and it prevented me from serving and from doing the things that I had felt that God was calling me to do. And it just left me with this question of like, wouldn't I be more useful to you if I were healthy, God? And I really had to wrestle through that, um, just the pride behind that question and the the motivations behind that question. And I, I, I wrote a lot about it. The, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday, um, my friend was telling me about, my, it was someone who works at the counseling center with me, it was a counselor friend, was talking to me about one of someone that she was seeing at the counseling center and how she had recommended my book to them and it had been well received. And she said to me, she said, you know, this is God, you know, answering your prayer from years and years and years ago of that prayer of wanting to be more useful to him. You know, even though there was some pride behind that desire at the time, um, you know, God still took that and he, he used that. But it was, you know, that's like, you know, years and years and years, you know, between him answering that prayer in ways that I never really wanted him to answer it. And like seeing her text message, it felt um, it was kind of this like in some ways an obvious statement. Like, yeah, like God answered that, that prayer that I prayed years ago, but I needed that, I needed that reminder because it was so long ago. Um, and I just needed that simple reminder of like, you know, God, God answered that prayer. And it really was just an encouragement to, you know, wait on God over the long haul, just even as I'm moving forward in life right now to know that the things I'm experiencing right now, I might not know what God is doing for years or, or until heaven. I don't know, but it was just a reminder to trust him in that way. So hopefully that all makes sense of all those connections. That story made sense, but it was just a good a good example and a reminder to me of what it does look like to wait on God. That's so good. I'm I, I, when you were talking, I was thinking the thought came into my mind. This quote from John Piper, you know, uh, God might show us you know one one thing or two things, but He's doing a thousand different things all at once <laughs> or more. At, and and it also reminded me when you're talking about your prayer prayer being answered. It's like what people forget, you know, they, especially you know when. A, a situation is so frustrating and you're praying for so long Lord how long is this going to go on and on and you're waiting for an answer and that's so hard and people get you know disen- disenfranchised and discouraged and you know so they give up on praying but what your story tells us is God is sovereign and you know you might have prayed something 20 years ago you know and you know the, the Bible tells us that uh, you know one, one of our days is like a thousand years to God and and so, you know, time with him, he's outside of time and space. And so we have to keep praying and we have to keep trusting and trusting that he's good and trusting that he's sovereign. And, you know, I just appreciate that because I think a lot of people, you know, they just get just so discouraged and disenfranchised. I myself have done that, you know, in my Christian life. So I, I can say that too, not just theologically, but very practically, personally, you know, and you just have to keep praying. You have to keep trusting, you know, God is sovereign and, and he uses our prayers and you know how he does that we we don't exactly know and the bible doesn't tell us but it tells us to pray without ceasing and just to keep trusting
trusting and, and believing he is he is good and sovereign so I, I just I think what you just said is it makes perfect sense it's it's great so thank you mm-hmm. what what does it look like for you to be faithful to the Lord and to steward the gifts he's given you yeah I think this is an important question for people who live with chronic illness um, because well for a number of reasons one we can feel guilty for not being able to do as much as other people you know that's something that comes up a lot um, in the conversations I have with you know friends and other people who struggle with chronic illness this guilt and even this shame of you know I don't don't have as much to give as everybody else in my life and that that can be um, very difficult and a lot of times that guilt and that shame leads to pushing too far you know I see a lot of people and you know myself included where you know because we want to be able to contribute and do as much as everybody else is you know it's it's common for people to almost push themselves you know beyond their limit um, which can lead to you know just a lot of problems like increased symptoms you know and increased symptoms not just for the short term but almost like pushing yourself into greater levels of disability sometimes when you're not being honest with yourself about the gifts that God um, has given you so you know all that to say I think it starts with really taking inventory of the gifts that God has given you um, for me to take inventory of the gifts that God has given me and to be honest with myself about that to be honest with myself about both my gifts and my limitations and to know that everything that I have comes from God all my gifts come from God and that means that you know if if I'm feeling like I don't have enough to give that's not something to feel guilty about because everything that I have comes from God and God decided how much I would have if that makes sense you know so I think that does take some of the the guilt away from feeling like oh I don't I don't have as many gifts as somebody else or I don't have as much physical strength as somebody else to know that you know God gave you that strength and God tells us to steward the amount of strength that we have not more strength than he has given us but the exact amount that he has given us you know so I think that's that's one side of it is recognizing um, our limitations Um, and then I think the other side of it is that you know to not don't take that so far that we feel like oh I don't have much to give so I'm just going to give nothing you know I think that happens sometimes too just this um, this frustration or this defeat or hopelessness where you feel like you know I can't give in the ways I want um, so it can lead people to retreat and to do nothing and I and I think that's a mistake as well um, that you know when we take inventory we need to see okay these are my limitations but you know this is the small amount that I have and I'm going to use the small amount that I do have and you know I always think of the story of the widow's might when I'm thinking about this topic um, and how you know she gave what she had she had this very very small amount to give to the Lord you know but when Jesus was watching her you know he he didn't look down on that no he he saw that as this huge sacrifice and that she had actually given more you know than other people who were you know seemingly giving a larger amount but you know she gave everything that she had and I think that that is kind of such a metaphor for what a lot of people who live with chronic illness experience is that you know they give everything that they have and I think God is so very pleased you know when people steward their small gifts in that way and that it actually is so very much more than they realize um, because they are giving ever giving everything that God has given them so I just love that story um, and thinking about this this topic and just find it so so encouraging that's a that's a brilliant answer really I mean honestly it's it's so important I, I just reminded just just do something do something I mean anything and and it's significant if it's done for the Lord he can take the little thing that you do whether that's opening the door and just asking somebody you know at church opening the door and 
asking somebody, how's your day? Being welcoming. You never know how God might use that to draw them to Christ or to encourage them to, that this is a safe and a welcoming place. And I mean, you could multiply that in a, in a thousand different ways, right? It's just do something, do something small. And I think what you just said, it's just so, so good because I think what happens is we're like, well, if I just do that small thing, it's not really going to matter. And it's like, wait a minute, this is the God of the universe. He can, he, you know, he took, you know, those, those loaves of bread and those fish and multiplied it over and over and over again. You know, we're talking about the creator of the universe here. And uh, what you said is just so good. And that means, you know, we, sh- we, we shouldn't make excuses. We should do something, you know, and, and find out what that something is and, and just get involved in some way and do some small thing. And you know what? We don't know how God will use it. So exactly. yeah. that's just so well said. Very, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a big thing that you said. A big, very important thing. You know, what, what advice do you have for family members and friends walking alongside of those with chronic illness? You know, the number one advice that I always give to family and friends is to really think about their, their urge to fix the problem. You know, that's a really common thing. Like you're living with someone who has an illness and you see how difficult it is for them and how much it's affecting them. And this desire to fix the problem tends to very quickly um, kick in. And it's understandable that that happens, but it can also be extremely unhelpful. One reason is because, you know, most people, you know, don't want to be seen as this, you know, this issue that needs to be fixed, you know, so it can be discouraging to have family and friends come at it from that angle. Um, And, you know, the other reason is that, you know, a lot of times chronic illness in a physical sense isn't fixable, fixable. You know, that, that word chronic, you know, it means long term, it means like ongoing, that it's always there. And so um, a lot of times family members will, you know, step in and with these suggestions that you should try this or have you tried that, or even trying to think, fix things in this emotional sense of like making it emotionally better for the person um, and doing that in an unhelpful way, you know, through just offering cliches that might be unhelpful and even discouraging. And so I always just encourage family members to focus on offering their presence, just being there, not trying to fix it, but just offering themselves, being a listening ear, being someone who's just going to, you know, sit there and be that person who's going to, you know, weep with those who weep. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, that can be really difficult. It's kind of simple advice, but it's very difficult to step into someone's pain um, without trying to fix it. Um, But that really is what I encourage people to do. And also just to, to do that for the long haul. You know, one of the things that often happens is is that people will stick around for those beginning months or, or maybe years of chronic illness. But, you know, after that, people will start to disappear. You know, this is something that I, I hear a lot from, you know, the people, you know, I talk to a lot of people online who have chronic illnesses. And I just hear a lot of stories about, you know, friends and family members disappearing um, after, you know, after a period of time, because it, it is, it is exhausting to be in there for the long haul. Um, but, you know, I would just encourage you to just to just stay, to be there, to continue to be a friend, even when it's difficult, um, and to not to not to not 
leave, um, I think is a big thing. So to not leave and to offer, offer your presence, I think is probably the most important thing you can do. Yeah, that's, that's again, a really, really good answer. And just to kind of piggyback off it, I, I would just, I would just say, you know what, be okay with, you know, as Esther just said, be okay with, with not saying anything at all, you know, mm-hmm. just being there and then praying with somebody. I, I can tell you, I, I've experienced a great deal of hurt in my life and it was the people who didn't offer the advice who were the most encouraging. And what did they do? They sat there and listened. They, they as you, you just said, they entered into the pain and then they prayed for me. And that doesn't mean that you never say anything, um, you know, but it, it means that sometimes you have to just sit there and listen and you have to just say, you know what? I'm so sorry. And can I pray with you? Th- that's really all that you have to say. You know, you don't have to go on and on. And, you know, sometimes it's good to get, you know, it's just a wisdom call to know when to, to say something really. But it's, um, you know, just the best thing to do, especially if you don't know the person very well, is just to say, I'm sorry. So sorry. Can I pray with you? Um, you know, on the phone, I, I, I mean, you know, obviously I know my dad really well, but I, I pray for my dad. Can I pray for you, dad today? Yeah. And then I pray for him, you know, and that just, I don't have to say much other than what I'm praying. And, you know, that's, that's all, you know, yeah. it's just so powerful. Very, really powerful. Yeah, I agree. Where can people go to find out more about your work online, either on social media or otherwise? So the two places where I would say I'm most, um, most online, um, is I have a blog that is called life in slow motion. Um, that is specifically about chronic pain and chronic illness and my own experience with that. Um, just as well as some just newer articles about, um, um, more counseling in general as well. Um, so that's one place life in slow motion. And I'm also on Instagram. Um, I've been posting there about chronic illness and counseling related stuff um so you can find me there as well oh wonderful wonderful uh i know that i thought uh i printed you on on facebook recently so thank you for accepting my friends request and i'll have to look you up on instagram here so encourage you guys to check out uh those uh opportunities to learn more about esther um you know there's a lot that we haven't covered in the course of this this interview esther and just as we wrap up could you give us a few takeaways yeah sure um you know i think i think what's come up the most for me in this topic recently um, just with people reaching out to me about how they're struggling in this area um, is this feeling of this this feels unfair like this feeling of you know chronic illness is unfair it's difficult I don't understand what God is doing it doesn't feel like it has any point it's just lasting so long um, you know I just I don't I don't get it it doesn't make sense um, and I just kind of more recently just been wrestling through you know what to do with these thoughts and these feelings and I guess I would say I've been wrestling with it for a long time um, but just more recently just hearing that theme over and over and over again from people who are struggling in the same ways um, and so I think I think I just want to validate that you know this this is hard you know chronic illness is so very hard and so very difficult um, and I think it's really important to to recognize that and to sit with that um, and kind of going back to what I was saying about not trying to fix things you know just just not trying to to fix even those questions right in the moment sometimes but just to sit with them to allow yourself again like I said before to to grieve how difficult it is to be okay with not having all of the 
answers. Um, and to just not judge yourself or feel guilty or feel bad if you're wrestling in that way. Um, you know, I think in the book, there are a lot of things where, you know, I give, um, you know, there are lessons, there's important lessons that scripture teaches us. You know, we talked about a lot of them in this podcast about the lessons that I've learned. And I think that there's other times when, when it just doesn't make sense. And I think the only thing that we can do in those times is just, um, go to God with that. Um, and to just sit in that uncomfortableness of things not making sense. Um, and just to recognize, kind of like you were saying before, that, you know, God is doing all these things that we can't see. Um, you know, we may not see the lesson, we may not see the reason or the purpose, um, but God is is working. Um, and in the meantime, it's just, it's okay to sit with those uncomfortable emotions and uncomfortable thoughts um, and to not have all the answers. You know, I think that's honestly, that's how I end the book, actually, is just to talk about how, you know, we are walking by faith, which means, you know, we're walking in a world where we cannot see everything that is going on, you know, but one day, you know, God is going to open our eyes and we will, you know, understand, we'll see him and we'll start to understand some of the things that, that make, that didn't make sense in this lifetime. And for now, um, you know, it's okay to sit in the not knowing, um, and it's okay to have those difficult feelings and difficult emotions and to push into them, um, when you don't have all the answers. That, that is so, so good. So good. I, I, Esther, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for sharing so openly and honestly with our listeners. This has been tremendous and you've done a great job and may God richly bless you as you continue to counsel people and walk alongside them and with them. Well, thanks so much. I really enjoyed being here. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.